turn by turn everything in life is turn by turn brother man relax and wait for your turn everything in life is done by god turn by turn everything in life hello everyone welcome back to the sister show my name is Juka Cisse thank you so much for joining us for yet another amazing episode and as you know this is a platform where we bring you honest conversations to inspire and empower pretty much everyone of course we do bring you burning topics that hits home so stick around we have another packed and amazing hour for you if you didn't get the memo we are all wearing pink obviously it's October <laughs> it's October so it's breast cancer awareness so we know that it's going to inspire everyone every woman out there and uh to be more health conscious hopefully and of course we have a beautiful and amazing sister this is a sister too literally so yeah <laughs> we just push amy amy's not feeling well dr mom's worked all night so how ironic that actually we do have a cc sister and that's Ida Cisse. She's our guest today. <laughs> and we're so happy that she's here. We will also have another segment that we call Let's Connect. That's the new segment that we have, Let's Connect. And that will come up in a little bit. And the final and last segment that we all always wait for, of course, and you have to stick around for that, is the hot soup. And Ida has promised that she will stick around for the hot soup. Uh, so we will be definitely excited to see what she has to say on the hot soup topics that we have. And on that note, let's move right along into this amazing show we have for you guys. And we will start the game, let's connect. And we will see who's going to be the loser. It really is not going to be me, I promise you that. We'll see. Okay. Well, maybe I'll lose to Ida, but I'm not going to lose to you. It looks like she has a game face on. I don't know. Don't let her fool you. She does pretend. <laughs> but let's go ahead and introduce Ida. As she's actually a true sister. We are related, Ida, uh, by blood. She's also a Cisse. Ida, can you tell our audience about yourself uh, a little bit so they get to know you before we get to the game and to talk about the breast cancer, why you actually are here today? Well, first off, I would like to say I'm a very sore loser, so I am not going to lose this game. Such a very We're very competitive. But okay, hi, everybody. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me, or I should say my fellow sisters for having me. Uh, it's a great, great honor to be here uh, to talk to all of you guys. I am Aida Cisse, uh, Aida Cisse Njai. I am a fellow breast cancer survivor. Amongst other things, a mom, a businesswoman, a consultant. I think the one thing that is my passion passion is helping other people. I've been doing that for about seven years now. I, I think that is, to me, that is the most fulfilling thing besides being a mom. Yeah, that's a very CSA thing as well, to give back. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It, is, it is. You know, we do our part. I, I think we all have a footprint and um, it just needs to be a good one. Um, and you guys are doing an amazing job with that. So whatever we can do to help, um, we're game to help. Thank you, Ida. So can you just tell our viewers about your organization and what's the name of the organization? My personal foundation is called Facia, which is fighting against cancer in Africa. We do uh, awareness. We help with support as far as cancer survivors and people who are, who are going through the process um, of cancer. I also am the uh, vice president of a newly formed organization, but it is uh, a more of 
a cancer leak that we did in Gambia because we found out that my organization included that we had several different cancer organizations that were spread out across the country and we all pretty much working towards the same goal. Mm -hmm. So we decided out of eight, uh, eight different foundations, we came together uh, and it's called the Cancer Associations League, the Gambia. We do do our own work individually, but uh, collectively we also work together and we had an awesome pink October last year and we raised a lot of money, but uh, this year, unfortunately, we can't do that because of uh, COVID, but we will be creative with what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Aida. We really, really appreciate the work that you're doing for our people, especially in Africa. It's definitely needed when it comes to health issues and so on. So thank you for taking the bull by the horn. So we really appreciate it. I'm sorry, I'm just intimidated by Ule's face. She has this game face on. I don't know how that <laughs> Not even be intimidated by both of these ladies. I can tell you, Juka has the top and Ule has the face, but so I'll win. Yeah, so you have a high chance of winning right now. Well, I can make I don't know. No, 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 I don't want to be let win. No, it's got to be a fair fight. Listen, Linda, Ole would not even do that. She's a CSA. When it comes to games, or anything you already know. <laughs> She's gonna try. She might not, but she'll try. So I will lead the question with breast cancer, and this is almost a dead giveaway. So I'm just trying to be nice to my sisters so they don't sound too dumb. So, <laughs> so which race has the highest breast cancer rate? Black, Caucasians, Asians, or Hispanics? Blacks, of course. I would say Caucasian. Oh my God, Jade, this is, this is not easy. It's not easy. It's the easiest thing was... ever. Oh my God. Okay, I'll, I'll say blacks. I, uh, I wanted to say Asian. No. Okay, no Asians. <laughs> um, Hispanic, all of the above. That's not even an option. She already failed. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being not so smart. So blacks, <laughs> blacks. I, I was trying to give you this up. So blacks, actually blacks has the highest. So, really? Yeah. Well, I was I'm thinking we're more in the minority around the world. So when you do the statistics, if you have a thousand whites and a thousand blacks and a thousand Hispanic, so that's how you okay. do the statistics, you know, okay. based on the population. So the answer is black. Ole is the winner here. It's a leading question. So amongst those people, who has the highest death rate by what percentage? A, 20%. B, 40%, C, 60%, and D, 80%. I think it would be Blacks at 40%. I was thinking Blacks at 40%, but I'll go higher. Blacks at 60%. I was actually also going to do Black. No, you were not. No, you no, not. I was Black with 40%. Cancel. I'm going to give Ida a pass. So I'm going to go with, I'll say, Caucasian 20%. No, you did not let Ida win. You just lost miserably because you already, she said black, and now you go in Caucasian. You went west. 
analysis out. <laughs> now to do an analysis, Olay, obviously you cheated the first time because if you really had a rationale for your answer. Okay, I'm intentionally trying to lose so I can have either win. She needs to stop making either win because Ida's going to win regardless. <laughs> Say Ida just won, so it's 40% black. Yeah. See? I, I saw that somewhere before. I really did. Well, <laughs> thank you. It doesn't help if you just see it and don't read it. So let's do about breast cancer. Ida, I'm going to make sure you win, okay? Okay. So at what, at what age are we required to get a mammogram as women to prevent breast cancer? 40. 40. Olay? Can I, um, it depends. Like if you, no, if it's a simple question. As, at what age? <laughs> You, this is a test, and you are in a hall, you have a transcript. At what age are you to have mammogram? It doesn't say if you have a, a high risk, it doesn't say anything else. It just says, Oh, I always have to tell you to turn and come back. Be quiet. Okay, well, thank you. That, that obviously tells me you have not been self conscious about yourself. So, obviously, you did not listen to your primary care doctor or your OBGYN. You are supposed to get a mammogram at the age of 40. 40. Okay, and My doctor told hey, me. I said, I'm 35. Come on. At least 35 means 35 and up. So, no, no. <laughs> it's either 40 or nothing. There's something about Olay. Even when they tell you it's wrong, Dr. G just said it's, it's 40. You're like, no, it's 35 and up. Yes, 35 and <laughs> up. Okay. Because I took mine at 35. Well, you know, sometimes we even say it, we believe it in our head. And so that's what exactly. comes up. <laughs> you, have, you have to have that confidence. What is the definition of wellness? A, the absence of disease. B, the ability to function independently. C, the absence of disease and mental health. D, the mm. absence of disease, physical, mental and social well-being. So what's the definition of wellness? D. 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 I just gave that away. <laughs> I said it first. So all I of you got that joke. I just said she said it first. Which is true. We'll give her that. She's right. She was... <laughs> yeah, well, I think I did probably in the winner. <laughs> I told yeah, you guys. <laughs> who, who came in second? You, came you already out. missed one. Both of you missed one. I missed one, but only missed one miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Juka, you either miss or you pass. The only reason why I'm going to fail Olay miserably is the fact that she should have had her mammogram, and if she did, she would have known what age. No, I'm taking I did five mine points. at 35. I told you. You did it at 35, so you assume everybody's supposed to do it at 35. 35. So Look, Linda. Well, on that note, let's head on to what Olay just said. At any age, if you find any type of a mass or any type of a lump or any type of a discharge that is not usual, uh, on these babies right here, you need to go check with your OBGYN, get a mammogram, and most likely follow it with an ultrasound. Regardless of what age you are, or if you were to go have a breast augmentation or breast implants, you're always supposed to have a ma mammogram prior to the procedure. Thank you, Dr. J. I'll go into food since you guys all love to eat. Okay. Which one of these foods will be considered an antioxidant and great for cancer? Pepper. Cumin. C. Huh? What is cumin? That, they, you just failed then. <laughs> B. Okay, Ole, stop. C. Uh, garlic. And D. Oregano. What? What's the last one? Oregano. Oregano. Ole only knows black pepper, garlic, 
and tomato and onions to cook Venezuelan. <laughs> <That's laughs> okay. I just know my basics. <laughs> okay, That's I have right. the answer. All right. I think cumin. Cumin. I was gonna say cumin too. I think it's cumin. Either you no. think or you know. I know what. Mm, I think it's cumin. I don't know. You say you have to be hundred percent sure. No. Okay, I'm sure it's cumin. I am sure it's cumin. Don't know. Ladies. Well, I was gonna say Mark Cuban too. So, but Cuban. I can't. I can't with this lady over here. Oh, it was Cuban. You said Mark Cuban. She said Mark Cuban. You know why? That is usually mainly used by Indians. Right. Does she know turmeric? Usually, spices have a lot of antioxidants. So I'm gonna say the same thing. So you all got it. So cumin is actually cumin, turmeric. All of these are great anti source of antioxidants, and they actually are sold in capsules, and they also have anti-inflammatory markers. So even for those people that have arthritis, like knee pain, joint pains, they can use it. It comes in capsule form. You can also use it to help uh, reduce inflammation. And anything that reduces inflammation, not is it only effective for diseases like cancer, but also really effective for heart disease and multiple other diseases. You're gonna, so. you're gonna give us the last one, but uh, turmeric, uh, actually also, uh, Ole, you probably don't know turmeric, <laughs> but but you could add it in honey. If I do, I do a facial with turmeric, I add yes, it with honey. Yes. So, so for all you beautiful ladies with all your beautiful skin, which one of these can be used as a facial scrub to help exfoliate but also brighten your skin. A, onions, <laughs> B, eggplant, C, rice, flour, D. He's a good poker player. Garlic. <laughs> Wait, what was the question again? Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I lost. I completely lost. Which one, of these, which one of these can be used as an exfoliant to help with your skin in terms of brightness and help with uh, reduce wrinkles. There's no way in how I'm putting onions in my face. I'm <laughs> thinking the same thing. I am thinking the same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to use that one. So I'm going to be old and wrinkly. <laughs> exactly. Rice flour. Rice flour. Yeah, I'll say rice flour. Like onions, I'll just put it like in my food. It's not but eggplants, does eggplants have antioxidant yet? Can you answer the question? You don't I ask did. the question to answer the question. I said rice flour. <laughs> okay, now I know you. No, you, you said garlic. So great. Thank you. I'm glad you guys, even though you don't use it, but I'm glad you guys are aware. So onions can be utilized in a different manner, but not necessarily for exfoliating the skin, because obviously that will be uh, burning. You can use the onion water to help hair growth. And then eggplant can also be infused in water. Cut it into small pieces, put it in water, infuse it, and then drink the infused water. It can help with polyps and stuff like hemorrhoids for people that may have that. And garlic obviously has both antibacterial and antiviral. And that's why some people try to use it during the COVID, but I'll say be very careful because it will reduce your uh, blood sugar levels and it definitely can give you what is called hypotensive effect. That means it reduces your blood pressure. So you can chop it up, put it in a little bit of water, like half a garlic and take it like that 
and that can also help with cholesterol. And if you were to have yeast infections and stuff like that, it does regulate your system. So you may have less of that because of the fact that it lowers the sugar level. Now, rice flour is great for scrubbing or exfoliating, okay? And you can mix rice, rice flour, you can mix it with um, brown sugar, of course, and then honey and use it as a scrub, or you can use rice flour, um, coffee, real coffee, 100% coffee, and honey, and use it as a whole body scrub. Or you can also do a goat milk bath, okay? You can just think Okay, Jay, I'm getting hungry. Stop talking about all this food. <laughs> and you can also dip that in water and soak yourself and scrub yourself. For all of those that have, I promise that I'll give you a little bit of tricks here and there with how to take care of your skin and this is one of them okay awesome but still i think i didn't lose the game even though i don't want but i didn't lose so I'm technically i did not lose right because based on what justification gay gave so I actually won so ida and i uh tied no 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 Mm -mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my first position. We are not in any technical difficulties in terms of questioning. We are not in technical crisis. We do not need your technical analogy. On that note, technically comment below and let us know if you think Ole technically won this or she technically failed. <laughs> No, Ida won hands down. <laughs> on that note, uh, while Ida is standing her ground, go ahead and move on to the next segment and we'll discuss a few things about wellness before we move on to the main topic of conversation, which is breast cancer. So, Dr. J, okay, the perception that people have about wellness, right, is just being healthy. How can you talk to Africans, especially Africans, us, what wellness is? So when, when people talk about wellness, they always think about disease. Uh, if I'm feeling well, then that's wellness. If I don't have any disease, if I don't have any high blood pressure, diabetes, then I'm well. So wellness in, in general is not just the absence of disease. It's the complete state of well-being in terms of your physical, how you feel, your mental health, and your social. So your mental is basically more mental mind. Like when you say someone is crazy, that's also part of wellness. And then your surrounding that's around you, that's your social well-being. So even though you may be healthy physically, if you're mentally not stable, like if you're stressed, if you're in distress, if you're emotionally not stable, that would not be considered wellness. If you're also emotionally stable, you're physically healthy, but then your surrounding around you is not healthy. You're not in a healthy relationship. Let's say there's so much chaos within the family system that is still not considered wellness. So it's a complete state of well-being for physical, mental, and social. So mind, body, and soul as a whole. Sounds like then wellness is, like you said, the complete package. So it's not just the physical being. Um, and for me, I, for a long time, just thought that, okay, if I was not sick and I'm, I'm not going to the hospital, then that means um, I have 100% wellness. You're not alone in this. A lot of people feel that way. And that's why most people, just because they feel okay, they think everything is okay. They think they don't need help. They think they don't even consider the outside or their surrounding as part of their well-being. So let's say you're in a household Okay, you're physically healthy, uh, mentally you're stable, you don't have any distress, you're not emotionally imbalanced, 
But then you live in a household where there is chaos. Let's say you and your spouse are constantly fighting. Every time you fight, okay, there's distress. And every time there's distress, if you were to check your blood pressure, if you just want to see a physical exhibit that happens because of the fight, if you were to check your blood pressure, if you were to check your pulse, you will see that all of that will change. And that's yeah. why you cannot consider that person at that time uh, physically healthy. From a personal experience, I remember um, years back, I hardly ever uh, took all my vacation time from work because a lot of, um, a lot of time we're trying to save our vacation to go back to Africa. And we know like how long it takes to be in Africa. Usually it's like four weeks to six weeks. And I think there was one year um, that I did not uh, really have to go to Africa and I actually had to spread out my vacation time. And going back to work, I remembered, I felt uh, a sense of renewal was more energetic. I was ob obviously more, more productive. And from that time on, that's when I realized that, oh, actually, I guess there's a reason why vacation mm -hmm. time needed. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's why. And so that's part of your well-being as well. I think as women, uh, especially when we start having families and having kids, we tend to care about everything around us and we completely forget about ourselves. Um, even if we feel something wrong, we take Tylenol and we go away. Um, but things are happening inside and we don't really realize that we need a break ourselves. This is something that I feel really strong about, right? Because I know from the culture that we come from, Africans generally, we don't talk about the importance of med meditation. We don't mm -hmm. talk about, we even think that someone that's doing yoga or someone that's into meditation, they're actually <laughs> crazy, right? Yes, indeed. You, you get stereotyped, so you almost yeah. shy away from talking about these things, right? because you are like an outcast you know? but even being in a chaotic moment and then just say let me check in i do it with my sisters and they laugh at me sometimes because they and i see their faces they're probably like okay she's crazy but i'm literally doing that because i do need, know like you said vacation time maybe you're waiting for three months to take that one week but for me because i move so fast right so I need that. I need instant vacation. vacation. <laughs> Within three Within hours. Within right? hour, you know, from everything yeah. else. Because, you know, and, but I think it's important, like, like, for us to really think about it, like, okay, in order to show up as my best self, I have to be my best. If I'm not my best self, right, emotionally, mentally, right, then I can't show up to anybody as my best That's self. Best self. That's you true. can't be what you don't have, right? Right. No, you can't. So to, to piggyback on what you're saying, um, since we're talking about wellness, I think also another thing that contributes or takes away from our wellness is our food. Some of us like our, our rice very much. Some of us like our breads and guilty. Some of us like our desserts too much. So my question to Dr. J would be that, as you know, in a typical African household, we eat rice, um, lots of it. Um, sometimes twice a day, and uh, not a lot of vegetables. Uh, we cook with a lot of oil, but then we do that and we don't have physical exercise and we go straight to sleep. So what is your input or what what can we do to, to increase our wellness um, and, and, and be mindful of some of the things that we put in our bodies? And, uh, it's amazing how different uh, cultures tend to do different things. And for us, uh, we just like the Asians as well. So we eat a lot of rice and even a lot of bread for some African-Americans or even some Africans, especially the ones that were colonized by the French, they love the bread okay. and fufu itself. So fufu, <laughs> but then, uh, so anything, like either you, you said something really important and I always repeat that, that's uh, my philosophy, you are what you eat. 
So Absolutely. if you put in your body a whole bunch of rice, a whole bunch of carbs, uh, most of the time you see these men go to sleep. Uh, it's not because they're lazy, it's because of what they put into their system. So if you eat rice, what happens? You are going to just feel tired. You're going to feel blah. The next thing you know is because of the carbohydrate content. The next thing you know, you feel lazy, you fall asleep. And then in four hours, you feel hungry again because you're, you stored so much sugar into your system. Because when you eat right, it converts into sugar and that's how your body uses it for energy. Okay. So Dr. J, will it be fair to say, okay, if you sit in front of a bowl of rice, imagine you're eating a bowl of sugar. <laughs> is that essentially well no it would not it, 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 it would not be exactly the same it doesn't necessarily mean that you are eating a bowl of sugar but people okay. so if you eat rice it converts to sugar and when when it converts to sugar and your body does not use it it's going to store as fat okay and that's why most people gain weight when they eat rice and most people get lazy and tired and fatigue when they eat rice. So when you eat rice, you're bloated, you're full, you just want to fall asleep. But in four hours, you're going to be hungry again because that sugar level spiked up real high. Your body releases a lot of insulin to break down that sugar so you can use it as energy. Then the next thing you know, that sugar goes down and you crave for more. So body, yeah. your body is used to that sugar content. So the minute it's done, you're going to crave for more. Because if you were to eat something, let's say, something like protein or something that has more fatty content, your body is not going to so store it and then use it again. Your body is going to use it right there and then, and then it stays in your system a little bit longer. So you would not get hungry faster. So there, are there some substitutes with rice? And I'm not saying I'm gonna stop eating rice, but are there other substitutes out there? You can roll your eyes so let's not stopping. I know you're not stopping. So I'm not even asking anyone to stop. There's something called my plate. Uh, type of diet plan what that basically means it's for people like you that feel like they have to have their bread like sister Ida and you that loves your rice if you have to have rice just because of the taste of it you can eat it in moderation so you can have a my plate the my plate is basically a standard plate that's divided into four so two of those sections should be all veggies <laughs> Good luck, Ole. And then the one quarter should be your protein and the other quarter should be your rice. And if you do that, most likely you would control your portions in terms of the carbs, but at the same time, you'll still eat what you like to eat. So I can do half the plate rice, half the plate uh, beef or chicken, because you said protein. I did not say half of a plate. Ma coco, ma coco. So I, ha I have a question too. So do I, I onions like, saucy onions count as vegetables or no exactly okay so like i'm going to specify again let's say either you are cooking your yasa okay yeah so uh, you have a uh, you have broccoli you have cabbage mm. you have mm. a salad or lettuce all on half of the plate okay and the rest of the half uh, you're going to divide that into two which will be a quarter so quarter of that plate should have your rice, your potatoes, mm -hmm. all of that should be in one section. And then the other section should be your protein. And a protein should not be anything bigger than the palm of your hand. Not your whole hand, but the palm of your hand. But protein is not bad. I, I thought you said- Ole, I beg, please, Janga, listen. <laughs> no, so, so me, I, I, I'm confused. So no, <laughs> this, one, this one, I can understand it. I'll me either. <laughs> 
So when you say the rice and the potatoes, how how high up the plate can it be? Exactly. <laughs> Is that what you're telling her? So yeah, yeah you're right. You can it up, right? You can go this high. Is, this is your so rice. How high can it go? Is the question. <laughs> oh, how high? You guys are talking about heights here. Yes. <laughs> Not we, we understood the the quadrant. We get that. It's how high can it go? So you're talking about heights. You're building a building. Okay. Essentially, um, when you when you, you start your worry. I'm going to help them out as high as possible, as high as possible. But then guess what? You need to eat all your veggies. But your veggies and your protein should be all on the same height. So when you're done eating your veggies, then you go eat your protein. Well, did you really hear what Jay said about the heights? Hey, I heard, we what heard it. I'm asking. Okay, what did Jay say, Ida? I don't think they heard. What did Jay say? Jay said you can make she it said. as high as you want. <laughs> yes, but they all need to be equal in height. So does yeah. the meat need to be equal in height too? See, Jay, let me help you with this, these two people. <laughs> Jay is telling you that so that you can calculate in your mind that <laughs> if I cannot eat all these veggies, I cannot eat all this meat, then I'm certainly not going to eat all this rice. So therefore, it should be low, not high, high, no, so high. My... You're very right, Dukat. <laughs> okay. Okay, I have a question, right? So I, I honestly cannot eat veggies. Like, on, honestly, I, I can't. So are there, like, um, vitamins that I can take that will supplement the veg veggies? Are you allergic to veggies? Almost, yeah. What, does, what happens when you eat veggies? She just like tasty. For people like Olay that don't like veggies, is it any better if you saute it and cook it? The green, the greenness, like, I can't. So, but are there vitamins that I can take? Yeah, there are obviously vitamins you can Things take. you can get from veggies is not, is not the same as if you were to eat it. Not only the fact that you're getting vitamins, but then also you're getting fiber into your diet and it helps your colon in terms of preventing colon cancer and stuff like that. Okay, so in, in Gambia where you can't get the broccoli and you can't get certain vegetables, what what is a good African substitute? For there, is a lot of, there is a lot of uh, veggies in Gambia. Let's say you have lettuce, you have uh, spinach, you have carrots, you have, uh, you have beans. You have a whole bunch of stuff. If rice is not something that you really like. If you're in the West here, there's obviously quinoa. If you're back home, you have uh, fonio, which is findi. You have yes. cherry. So you have maize, you have millet. You have a lot of those things that you can actually use. And I think our bakery system should introduce the wheat bread, like the we ones have that it. we actually We have. do have it. Um, there's a bakery chain that actually um, makes a lot of, they make kous, they make um, corn. And so there's a variety of things that they do. Now, what I found out, which was really interesting, is that the only people buying the kous are the people that were diagnosed diabetic. Everybody else is eating everything else. I don't want to cut you up, but it's the same thing you and Ole here are having issues with. So, so this is what I tell you guys. Don't, just wait, don't wait until you have a problem and then you try to fix it. Okay, minimize and eat in moderation these things so I don't come in to tell you to not do it. This is what I tell my patients. It's much easier as a human being to try to limit yourself than to wait for someone else to tell you. To Would I like to eat all the rice, all the bread within five years or without, would I like to spread it out throughout my lifetime? So you choose, what do you want to do? Ed and I are going to work on it, right? I we are going to work on it, Ole, yeah. we, we promise. Hmm. But we'll, I, I, have, I, have, yeah. 
I have more than Ida than than Ole in this. Really? At this point. Yeah, we'll, we'll work with. I have we'll a feeling together. that Ida likes her protein, just like me. <laughs> I do. I do. I like that Jay was given like practical uh, solutions, right? In terms of the food, especially like I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, "Fonio is amazing when you cook it like a uh, lah, like grits." It is absolutely yeah. delicious. You make yeah. fonio like oatmeal, or like you would make your oatmeal in the morning and put yeah. like fruits and yogurt. So these are practical things that people can do, yeah. you know, to just make for a better lifestyle. So what about um, the wellness? Because obviously we were talking about this Ole, and how can Ole was like, how can someone in Africa do practical meditations and and you know go, they probably wouldn't be doing yoga poses and stuff, but at least to meditate to check in back with themselves. And I was like, go to the farm, but she was laughing because she said most people that's what they do anyway. So what can they do to get out of that? So let's say, what are some of the practical things that you guys would suggest? Right, took a great okay. point. And what people tend to not understand is the fact that praying is a is a form of meditation. Praying it is. in itself is almost like yoga. When you look at the Islamic way of praying, it's very it's similar true. to yoga because you are into yourself. You draw yourself into closer to God, and at that point everything else within the universe is sure. shut off so yeah. that and you're doing it five times a day if you're doing it actually the correct way so that's uh, prayers is one aspect so those all those muslims that pray they they, they shouldn't be laughing at people like Joker because actually they are also meditating and it's new to them. So when someone else sees them from the West, they were like, what the hell are they doing? Bowing down and going up and down. But it's a, a form of meditation. So if you are not into prayers and you're not a Muslim, obviously find a peaceful environment that you can- And Christians go to church often, no? Yeah. Christians go to church and they also do the beats and they also find time to pray for themselves or their families. So anytime you are you find yourself in this sacred place that is lonely, quiet, peaceful, that you can pull yourself together. You don't even have to go to the farm. You can just go outside at night and just look at the stars. Right? Or you can go to the beach and just lay down there. Or just that is my favorite thing to do. Yes. And just watch the water. Yeah, for me, what I've uh, recently uh, been doing with the COVID-19, we all know our world just literally changed. And I had to do with a lot, like a lot of stress, like with everybody pretty much um, at work. I was working like 19 hours a day. As Africans, we are, we are very, very, very uh, resilient people, right? So that has been kind of like what I fall back on. I can do this, I'm resilient. This time it, it felt different. It was extremely, extremely stressful. So um, I had to figure out like my well-being. So I learned about this thing called the Miracle Morning. And basically what the Miracle Morning is, five things that you would do every morning. And you could just pick like how long you want to do it. It could be five minutes for each of the activities because it's in the morning. So doing the prayer will count towards that. Uh, the next thing that I do is I actually do meditation and I have like some music that I listen to and I try to be present. COVID is horrible, but hallelujah to quit. <laughs> Ole is meditating. Thank you. Whatever you got. <laughs> Right, so so I'll take five minutes uh, just to be present and uh, meditate. So that's the second step. The third step is I do affirmation. It's kind of like mm -hmm. yuka finding feminine energy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and then the fourth one I do is so I make sure I kind of find like three things that I'm always grateful for. Grateful for. Um, and then the fifth one is you have to get your um, heart racing. So I do exercise actually. 
COVID again, right? Uh, like I said, being grateful helps a lot. Um, yes, people were like, well, why are you in Gambia? Why are you in Gambia? I found it a lot more calming to me mm. to be there. And, mm. and, you know, despite all the chaos in the world, I was grateful for where I was at that point. And I think, I think that's also part of wellness for us to, to, to look at our surroundings um, mm -hmm. and be grateful. I keep em emphasizing on this because I know how we are as Africans. If we're used to eating jollof rice, that's all we want to eat. We don't want to try yeah. a new food. If yeah. we eat uh, a chew or damada, which is a Gambian food, if you're watching and wondering what that is, we want to stick with that. Soup. We don't, peanut butter yes. soup. We don't go outside of those box that we are familiar with. We have to be willing to go outside of what we are used to. If we want to, if we want to grow as people because yeah. we cannot stay stagnant with the same things that we've known for so long and then yeah. think that we are growing we are pulling yeah. ourselves if we think we're growing and i say all of this to say this when i talk about meditation Ole, you probably there was a time when you were judging you thought i was crazy right <laughs> but but at that point you were crazy actually but yes <laughs> i'm always crazy and i'm going to continue to be crazy but i remember visiting in africa and i my my aunt and my mom, uh, my aunt was going through something uh, around that time. One of her children was sick. And I remember being at the hospital with my mom and her, and this woman was just tired. You know how African moms are. They, they, they drive themselves to the ground. Yes. When I looked at them and I was like, why don't I teach you guys how to meditate? They were laughing. My mom was laughing and she said, start with your aunt. I started telling her, obviously going through the steps of meditation close your eyes watch your breathing and all that one minute this woman was sleeping and, and snowing like yeah. that's She's how exhausted. I that's what it did to me I was like oh my god literally mm -hmm. this woman it was in the middle of the day she Dying. fell asleep on that chair on that bed that she was sitting and she was just yeah. like nodding yeah. and I was like mom mom she's sleeping and then my mom was like, okay, let me try it and see. <laughs> of course she didn't sleep right away, but she but loved it. it. And, yeah. and I'm so grateful that they listened. So I'm begging everyone that's watching, please try to expand your horizon sometimes. So certainly I think Ole did and you do and, and Jay, of course. So we are hoping that all the sisters, if you're watching, please comment below. What are the practical things that you have been doing to actually yeah. reconnect and, and be grounded and, and get away from this world and just be back in your own little world by yourself, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. So yeah. on that note, uh, we will move on to the next segment. So now it's uh, time to really get into this uh, conversation of the reason why we are actually here today, which is breast cancer. But of course, we want to hear our sister's story, uh, Ida. Um, she is a breast cancer survivor. Okay. We are so proud of you, Ida, and we are so honored and happy that you are here to share your story, to spread awareness, uh, especially with our audience and every person or every woman out there. Ida, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Well, I am very honored to be here today and grateful to be here today because uh, like they said, it, it's always two sides and it could have been worse. Uh, so my journey started uh, July 19th, 2013 is when I got my diagnosis. Um, I didn't feel anything. Uh, I didn't have any symptoms 
externally there was nothing physically wrong um i actually felt a lump one day um and as you know i don't have big boobs at all but uh, i i felt it towards the chest wall and i thought it was a cyst one of my my friends came over and we were watching a movie and i said and she's a she's a pa and i said hey can you feel this um she goes uh you just want me to feel your boobs and we were joking about it and she felt it she was like well it doesn't feel like a a cyst because it's not fluidy um, she said, but you know, let's watch it a couple of days and then, and then we'll see. So Ida, when you said a lump, um, like, was it something hard and big or did you just come across it? Like, how did it, how did it feel? And how did you know that there's actually a lump in there? Um, it wasn't big. Um, it was, you know, all of us have had a boil before. Mm -hmm. You know what a boil is. Okay. It mm -hmm. felt like a boil, but it wasn't hurting, um, in the, in the breast, but near the chest wall. So it almost felt like a, a little boil, if, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I, I, I felt. But then when I asked my friend, she felt it. she goes, you know, a boil is full with fluid, so it feels a little bit more fluid. Well, it didn't. So I'm going to explain a little bit more so you guys understand okay. the difference between a cyst, a boil, and something that's a lump, a breast lump, a stems of cancer. So when you feel... When you feel you palpate in the terminology you say, you palpate, if it is a cyst, you can, you can almost feel a little bit of a flocculent. That means it will have a little bit of a bouncing effect. Mm -hmm. Like when you push on your veins, the way it feels, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's not a solid object. You can mm -hmm. always tell the difference. Now, if it's a mm -hmm. cancer cell, if it's not just a cyst, and even if you feel like it's a cyst, it's not a cyst, I would say it's always better to go seek a, a medical a provider. Uh, if you push on it and it's hard, almost like a rock, if you feel on it, it's a little bit different. The, the tool does not feel different. If it's fluctuant, that's usually fluid field. It could be mm -hmm. a cyst, it could be an abscess, which is a boil. If it's mm -hmm. the hard, and you have to be able to differentiate the two. Just a regular person, like she said, she only felt something that felt like a cyst. So if you feel anything that's different, or have a discharge that's different or never had a discharge or you're not breastfeeding and there is a discharge, obviously go seek help. And that was great that you asked your friend to look at. You just said discharge, so, cause I've never heard of that. So discharge from the breast? Yes. Yes, there are multiple did. different types of breast cancer. You can have a discharge from your nipple instead mm -hmm. of a cyst feeling or a lump feeling or a boil feeling. You may even have a redness on your nipple. These are all different types of breast cancer, depending on what part of the breast it's affected. Well, thank Sorry. you, uh, Dr. J, um, for explaining that part. Um, well, after we did the biopsy, it came back that it was cancerous because um, of the type of cancer it was, which she can elaborate on what, what type. Um, mine was very aggressive. Um, mm -hmm. I went back in on the 30th, um, from the measurements they did on when they did a biopsy and and you know they stage it so when they staged it uh from the 19th through when i actually went back on the 30th it went from a stage two to a stage three so my protocol was completely different instead of doing surgery to remove the the lump and then chemo i had to start chemo immediately to shrink the tumor mm. before we started um before we started chemo so I'll let Dr. J explain that. Great, Ida, that's really great. So whether it's breast cancer or any type of cancer, uh, most cancers progress differently. 
inflammatory breast cancer, which does not have absolutely no lump. It's almost almost like a cellulitis, which is an infection on the skin. And most people will usually confuse it with a cellulitis or an abscess. Those are very progressive. And there are other types of cancers that are tumorous cancers too in the breast that are very progressive. So she's right. Some women may actually just have a chemo and that will be it. Some women may have radiation and chemotherapy. Some women may have surgery and then chemotherapy. But if you have a progressive cancer, wherever it is, uh, so the key to the treatment is to take all the cells out. That way you don't have the chance of metastasis. That means the cancer spreading out to other places and becoming more uh, dangerous for that person. Every individual is different, and that's why you have oncologists that will look at what type of cancer they do, the biopsy, diagnose the type of cancer it is before they go into which protocol to use. So Dr. J, it seems like there's a lot of information out there and there are a lot of cancers out there. So can you just tell us more, like, like what exactly is breast cancer? And a lot of people have these questions. They always think like, it's some kind of a foreign object that flew into the person's breast. <laughs> so basically it's just a cell in your breast that grows out of control. So when cells grow, they're supposed to grow to some point and die and then recover and another cell mm -hmm. comes back on. But these cells, they just continue to grow and nonstop. So they change mm -hmm. structure. When they change structure, then they become cancerous for whatever reason. It could be genetics, it could be environment, it could be multiple different factors that can cause these cells to grow nonstop. So you mentioned that some of it is, um, is genetic, right? So either did anybody in your family had uh, breast cancer before or were you like the first one? You will understand and you'll attest to this that our families are not very short forthcoming when it comes to family medical history. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know anybody who was close to me that actually had it. If they did, they hid it very well because they normally are not very forthcoming. Um, so I did the test and they couldn't find anything. Um, I, I think it was called the BRCA test. I, BRCA I'm not really test, sure. yeah. BRCA it's test, there you go. So I, BRCA two, yeah. So it did come out, the one I did, did come out that it was in my family, but we couldn't trace who. Well, after that, I actually started asking questions. Um, come to find out that my aunt, which is my dad's sister, that's mm -hmm. actually what killed her. But of course, um, you know, the taboos with, with African yeah. culture, they said something totally different was wrong. So it is in my family, essentially, on my paternal side. It's almost like when something goes wrong, nobody's supposed to talk about it. And that's just how it usually is. Exactly. Unfortunately. Exactly. But um, I wanted to ask Dr. J, like, are there instances where this is the first person that has it have it in the family is nothing with genes and so on it can be environmental it could be something mm. that happened let's say for example if the person had radiation exposure from whatever the reason may be or even a previous type of cancer from somewhere else and had radiation treatment and they were exposed to it they can actually have change in cells and that can cause uh, like ida said it's always great whenever you are diagnosed to actually go to the gene test to find out if if it is related to that type of cancer or if it's just environmental or if it's just something because if you do you can definitely save 
somebody's life, like let's say yes. your siblings can all yeah. be tested, male or female. This is the thing yes. that people think that only females have breast cancer. Males can have breast, can cancer. breast cancer. And yeah. there is a risk factor for certain people like the clan felter syndrome. These are all other diseases that men that have those type of disease at a higher risk of breast cancer or if their family history are also higher risk of breast cancer. Um, so either being that uh, recently been to Africa, how, how common is breast cancer in Africa? And also uh, Jay mentioned that in, in the US, your health uh, insurance can cover uh, some of these testing, but in Africa, we know that there's limited resources. So how are women that are diagnosed dealing with the costs associated with um, cancer since there's really a limited resources with the healthcare. Well, um, so I'm going to give you a, a brief statistics and this is based on the event that we did last year. Um, mm -hmm. Initially we said we were just going to screen 300 people for breast and cervical cancer. Um, we ended up with the demand we ended up having to do 402. Out of those people we had 16 that were stage 4 breast cancer. Um, overall that is crazy. Yeah. It is. This was stage four. We had 16. Well, overall, out of the 402, we had 300 people that were positive, meaning some were breast cancer, the other ones were cervical cancer. So what we found out was that people who actually came knew something was wrong with them, and so they came. And then we had 32 that were suspected cases of, of cancer. We were overwhelmed as far as what to do because in Gambia, it, they cannot diagnose it. The only thing, well, the only thing that they can do is if, if they feel, for instance, breast cancer is to do surgery. If you needed radiotherapy, if you needed, you know, chemotherapy, you'd have to travel to Senegal to do this. Now it is very expensive, as you know, um, chances of you having somebody there, accommodation, food, transportation, and then you have to deal with all of this became, you know, very hard on women, even though Senegal loaned us the machine, the mammogram machine for us to do this. And some of their doctors were extremely gracious in helping, you know, treat some of our patients, but our health system is not equipped at all to help cancer patients. Uh, my organization has helped so many people. The Cancer League has helped so many people go to Dakar, but by the time they get there, it's already too late and there's nothing they can do. So Senegal is now having to say, well, if it's a stage four, I'm just sending you back home to go die. Essentially. Wow. And I, I am so grateful for what you're doing. This is wonderful. So I just have a question before I come into, in terms of the treatment plan and all that stuff. So the women that came to you, yes, they were already aware. So yes. at this point, they knew there was something wrong, but they yes, did not go to any kind of medical place to seek help. The audience knows the realities of what is on the ground. Um, she came to us and, and, and her breast size truly uh, would be the size of a small watermelon. No, no kidding. And it, when you you know when it starts coming out, out of the skin, it has already metastasized. And so I asked, I said, you know, how long has this been going on? She said it's been more than a year. She's gone to different doctors and all they can tell her is they're going to cut it off. And she's afraid of them cutting it off. Some, some women, you have to talk to them that I survived this. That, you know, if I can survive it, I don't, I, there's no reason why you cannot survive it. Um, but you, you see them go to, you know, they, I went to one doctor and they said, well, uh, they just have to cut it off. So, and I couldn't pay for it. So I left. 
other people would seek local medicine, which again, we all know don't work. So these are things that a lot of them, when they had, we were doing cancer screening, they rushed and came thinking we had an immediate fix for them. Mm. So at this point, these people knew there was no way out, but they think the fact that there is some organization like yours that is providing some assistance, that's, that's the window of opportunity for them to run Absolutely. to seek help. So Absolutely. the most effective treatment plan for any cancer is any cancer detection. is early detection, early detection and early intervention. When it starts, it's usually a small lump. And most people, yeah. when they see that lump, they're usually in denial. Most cancer patients, whether it's in Africa or here, wherever it is, Myself they don't included. believe. Yeah. Yes. They don't want to believe that it's actually cancer. Yeah. And in medicine, yeah. what you don't know will actually kill you. So you better yeah. to know and to try to get help early before it gets to the stage where it's too late. Actually, I'm in support of the Senegalese uh, in what they're saying. By the time you stay four, stage four in Africa, that's a death sentence. You should actually oh, yeah. have hospice care and trying to yeah. just let them understand that this is, that's it. Because they cannot make it because they, the treatments are not there. Are the treatments there in the US when it's stage four? There is a chance because, because but it takes a lot. It's not mm -hmm. something simple as just going and then you meet a doctor and they tell you. They, it, it, by then, it's already in your lymph nodes, okay? Mm -hmm. And by then, it may be metastasized to your liver mm -hmm. or to your bones or to your lungs or to your brain. There are multiple places that can, it can actually metastasize. So at this point in Africa, what are you going to do? Because once it gets to your liver or to your brain or to your bones, what are the treatments that are available? Probably not. Even they may not even have the financial resources to take care of it. Even in the U.S., it's always better to find out early, get your radical mastectomy. Okay. I do sincerely hope that every woman that's watching right now, that's over 40 or just hit 40, please go and do your test, especially if you are in the West, because the luxury that we have. The people that you talked about, Ida and, and Jay, what you said about the, the um, options of treatment, what stage four, those people don't have it. We have those luxuries, so we should take advantage of it. Yes, we're not very forthcoming, but if you have a suspicion, an aunt, your mom, somebody, you know, on both sides, please say that to your doctor and get a mammogram and get 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 it looked at simply it's not uh, you don't have it it's not going to cost you anything it's not going to kill you um but it's better like dr j said to know early early intervention actually saves lives that if you have a family history of yes. it at any point if you should tell your provider that you have a family history of breast cancer and you would do the BRCA1, BRCA2 gene yeah. testing and that would definitely detect so women in africa that may not have the luxury that people in the West have in terms of like all the testing. So are there, because I've heard that they, you could, there's a lot of the tests that you could do at home. Like recently, there's a lot of data changes and a lot of information changes as to how important it is breast self exam or non breast self exam. Because people should try to palpate their breasts. That means feel their breasts by raising their arm or putting it up on top of their head. Start from the armpit and don't lift your, arm up and feel all around your breast all the way to the nipple and then press your nipple and look for this chart. Now, 
either teaches the class. So if you have any questions, it's always good for people that have a shower to do it whilst you're in the shower and don't do it whilst you're on your period, at least two weeks after your period. The reason being, if you do it during your period, your breast is tender. And mm -hmm. sometimes your breast may be lumpy and you may feel like, oh, you feel something or it may be too painful and you may still be scared. If so, you also are in Africa and you have a primary care doctor or you have a doctor, they should do a wellness visit once a year where they check your blood pressure, check for diabetes and also palpate your breast to make sure you don't have any lump. And I, I think that's a great thing that you do in those classes. And the more you can go into the provinces, that would be great to teach these yes. women. Sometimes I have to force these here. My first question whenever I, I, I teach this class is to ask, have you ever, do you know anybody who's had cancer? Mm. You'd be surprised nobody raises their hands because they don't know. They don't know. But they don't know. They don't. But once you start explaining the symptoms, they go, oh my God, yeah, my aunt had that. Oh my God, I know this person. But it's not something that they really talk about. It's still taboo to talk about. Um, but once they start seeing more and more faces, which is why I always urge survivors to join me, to, to talk to other people, because everybody's network is different. For us to talk about it more. I cannot tell you how many patients I talk to on a daily basis um, that are either going through treatment, just got diagnosis or whatever, that just need support. And I, I wish other survivors would also come in and so they don't get tired of hearing my voice all the time about it. I still have people who come up to me and say, why do you talk about it? Hmm. You survived it, so why are you talking about it? What? Wow. I still to this day get people tell me that. Yeah. So they don't, wow. you, so you surviving it, it's actually a great inspiration for others that are going through and you can teach them things that you have learned. They don't think that's exactly. necessary. Because probably most people just think that it's a dead sentence. And so yeah. maybe that's why they don't even want to. And, and culturally, you know, and that's, oh that's what, that's what kills us. It sounds like there's really no treatment center in the Gambia. So if somebody's diagnosed, uh, with breast cancer, like what options do they have? So as it stands currently, no, we do not have any treatment centers, cancer treatment centers in the Gambia. We do not have a single oncologist in the Gambia. What we have are general surgeons. So if they somehow uh, do a biopsy, which can take two, three months before you even get the results back. If you get it back that it is, you know, you're suspected of having cancer, the only option they can give you is to have surgery, meaning they can cut off, you know, do a mastectomy or a lumpectomy. If you need additional treatment, you have to go to Senegal. There's no other option. Okay, so that's the problem right there. Number one, yes. these are general surgeons that are not specialized in oncology surgery. Okay. When you go and cut somebody's breast to remove a tumor, Yes, ma'am. How is this person supposed to tell that they really removed the whole segment? And how is this person supposed to tell that the lymph nodes are not affected? And if you're not, if you're not a special a specialist in this area, why would you even take somebody's money to do take such a risk? Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a problem that I have with African governments. Okay. Yeah. We have all the luxurious cars that are driven by the organizations, by the governments. Okay, we fly all over the world. We go on unnecessary meetings, yeah. spend a whole bunch of money, celebrate their birthdays. If people don't value life, don't value humanity, 
they are not going to care about healthcare. They're going to care more about their pocketbooks. They're going to care more about driving luxurious cars. They don't even care because the fact that their wives can take off in a flight and go somewhere yeah. else and get medical treatment. I can't even believe that someone being diagnosed with cancer. It means All the death. options they have is cut off their breast or die. And even you cut off their breast, okay. they still die anyway. That's why yeah. the ladies will choose to keep their breasts and just die yeah. anyway. But in, yeah. Jay, and this has been my fight for, since, for the past five years. And just recently it has become yeah. more and more prevalent that we, again, I keep asking and, and even the Minister of Health, why do we not have a single oncologist? And yeah. if the country cannot produce one, can we please hire someone from somewhere and bring them here? Something. But we do not have a single oncologist. Right. It's been five years either. There's a simple solution to that problem. If they really valued people's lives, what one thing they could have done is pick one of the specialists that's a general surgeon, send them abroad, get the education, come back and be at least one specialist in the country. At yeah, least you all those pretty money. I sincerely feel Dr. J's frustrations, Ida's frustration, Ole, and I'm pretty sure every person that's watching us. And it's really sad that it's not just the country that we are from, but it's across the globe in Africa. It, it's, it's really horrible that the whole continent, most of the countries in Africa, they have exactly the same issues. The, the governments are living large and the poor are getting poorer. The sick are dying. Women are dying for no reason. Just because I was born in one country, my life becomes a disaster or I don't have opportunities to leave. I don't have the luxury to live a normal life as if I was born in America. That is unfair. So and that, that's mostly because of the African leaders, right? Like if they get sick or their families get sick, they fly them to the US or to the UK. It's really frustrating, but I think the only thing that we could do is to continue to bring awareness like Ida is doing and trying to advocate um, through the ministries and say some of the things that Dr. J said, um, and hopefully there will be solutions. What you said is wonderful, but we can even bring it to the next level. We that are African descendants that are in the West, we can take it even, even further with this fight and take it to the <laughs> to the American senators and say, we don't want any African government to come seek medical help in these countries. They should get seek help in their own countries. They should not let them come in for treatment. I don't care how much money they have to come and pay. We should fight like that. And at some point, then they will start listening. But if we were just to go fight with them and talk to them, they don't listen, they don't care. But we can take it to another level and start a campaign and say, any African government cannot come to the U.S. to seek medical help. Now they are not coming here because of how expensive it is. They're going to China and they're going to India. Turkey. Now, in, in, India is even, you know, recruiting people and is even talking to people in Gambia. We had, I had a company that came and was saying that if they have referrals as to people who are sick to send them to India, they'll, they'll work on visas and accommodation, yada, yada, yada. But these are all the things that are actually exploiting us and not helping us take care of our own healthcare system. You know what's sickening? The people that we are fighting for here, those are the same people they're going to give a little bit of bag of rice or half a bag of rice or some oil and they will vote for them during elections. I mean, I guess we are all here on the same page. It's really pathetic when it comes to healthcare. 
how our governments in Africa are dealing with it. They really, like Dr. J said, they don't value life because you can't tell me you value life and then you turn around and you see people, anyone that's diagnosed with cancer, that means either you cut off their breast or they can sit and die. Aida, we're so glad you're here today and kudos to you for everything that you've went through and the culture that we had to deal with. You still were able to stood up and help other people. I'm sure even if it's like one person, that you're able to help that's life-changing so thank you for that i'm glad you are here today with us and this is something that we definitely need to work on our health care system all over africa we need to definitely uh, take a stand and make some changes because no one else would do it for us but us so thank you Ida, for being here and hopefully people will realize early detection early treatment is the key to cancer. Any Dr. Type of J, and uh, hopefully the audience that are watching right now, you will be proactive and be part of this, whether you go and get a test that's being proactive, right, Ida and Dr. J? Yes. Um, yeah, when you test yourself, you're being proactive. When you talk about it to your friends and family, you're being proactive. When you support the organizations, the nonprofits that actually bring awareness, such as the one that Ida has and all her uh, colleagues that are part of that aid group that you mentioned. On that note, we will close this segment out um, and then take you guys to the other side of the show, which is our heart soup segment. If you're watching and you're from Nigeria or Ghana or Kenya or wherever else you're from, comment below and let us know what, what the most famous hot soup in your country is. But for Gambia, I know it's Ebe. Let me see, Aida, what's your favorite hot soup? I have two, it's Ebe, but hands down, that is my favorite. But I also like uh, cow food pepper soup. Ooh, Aida, after everything <laughs> we talk about on the wellness, you're gonna tell me cow food? <laughs> hey, that's, it's a good one. Oh, add some potatoes, so there's some, right? Potatoes. Vegetables. <laughs> Right. My favorite is also Ebe, but I love the Nigerian pepper soup. If there's any Nigerians out there, I love the Nigerian pepper soup. Yeah, pepper soup is good. So, Ole, what's your favorite? The first Me. one is Ebe, second one is Ebe, third, one, the third is one is Ebe, and the fourth one is Ebe. So the fifth one is Ebe. So, so please write down what your favorite uh, soup is, hot soup is, whichever country you're from. We want to hear it right now. Please put it below. And, if you're Nigerian, please invite Jay over in Nigeria so she can have some hot, what is it? Pepper soup. Pepper soup. Pepper soup. As long okay. as I can go with her, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, hot soup, if you don't know, it's a new segment on the sister show where we bring you topics that are trending around social media or it could also be news or wherever you see hot soup conversations, you could send it to us right here and we will talk it out and see which sister agrees with what and what not. So let's go ahead and start right away. So the hot soup conversation, the first one on the list is, there's a guy on social media that is venting and saying, and actually threatened to actually drop the girlfriend or the partner because she is not claiming him and she has no post about the fact that she is in a relationship and she mentions nothing about him. Is she wrong? Or is she in her right way? Yeah, he's right for being upset. So if a woman, I mean, we women can post, but if she posts a hundred posts, at least want to mention there's a dude in her life. I, I think you don't want to blast your relationship on social media, but at least let there be an acknowledgement of the guy. I think I'm thinking the opposite either here. I think she's she's right for not posting it, and and I and I agree with you, right? You should not. We should not 
blast like our relationship all over social media but, exactly but also for her i think she may not be ready yet right you do not want like anytime you're in a relationship to post it out there what if it does not work so maybe she's just waiting to make sure that this is actually the right guy before she actually put it out there we've seen like in social media where some people will say all this stuff about a guy and then when they break up they try to delete everything <laughs> that they ever said about them right that <laughs> is true that is true back. so wait okay but Ole so are you saying he's right I'm not saying I'm not asking if she's right we know you could do whatever you want to do with your like timeline what I'm saying is he okay is he correct is he right for saying if you don't claim me I love you I'm with you I've claimed you if you don't claim me there's a problem uh, he's not right I don't think he's right he um, if he's okay with posting her that's up to him but if she's not ready to post him I don't think there's anything wrong okay, with what about if she's like if she has too many different dudes in her life that's why she's actually doing this he's supposed to just sit down and watch so so are they married not said you always come from another side <laughs> Now they they and they married. That was a question. And girlfriend. boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. So if you're a boyfriend and girlfriend with someone and you're not mentally ready to post this man and you don't feel it, you should not be forced to feel it to post it. Okay? okay and if you're the man, that's the woman, if she's not if she's not ready and she doesn't feel like she feels that this is the guy that she really wants or she's in the relationship but she's not for sure. She's not supposed to post it. And if you're asking me about the guy, if he feels like for him to feel in love or confident about this relationship, the only way he feels that is by seeing himself and this girl on everywhere on oh, social media. That's his choice. Okay, that's his choice. But he should not make the woman do it. And if you really love that woman, you are you are not just going to say I dump you just Be because here my mouth is starting <laughs> to go in this hot pepper soup oh yes. hurry up so I can tell you my piece no because you can, you can listen listen Linda listen <laughs> the guy has a right to either choose to be with the girl or dump the girl. I'm not going to say you should not or you should do it. That's but true. if you are in a, if you are so insecure about your relationship, that's not what it is. Sure There's something not working. Okay, let me say <laughs> this. Let me Dr. Long, you forgot. Let, let me let me have a taste of that soup. Let me say this. You see, women, we are so unfair. Now, if this was the guy, right? That mm -hmm. was on his page every day posting photos posting everything about his life his friends hanging out and he does not claim the girl at any point this conversation would be different you know why yeah. no you I can still, you no, can no, still let, me the finish, table. let me finish eating my soup hold on hold on either you know why because they will say oh he doesn't want to claim you what's going on you know you have girlfriends if you're either let's be real you're you're best friends with my cousin if your cousin and that's your cousin too if your cousin was hanging out with a dude for the longest time two years three years and he never mentioned anything about their relationship he I'll never posted a picture i'll be he down jumping down his throat yes he never posted a picture you'll be yes. like okay darling what's wrong with this picture <laughs> yes am i lying you're right you're right okay but because it's a woman that's doing that to a dude. No, oh, she has to be ready. Don't, don't bring the gender card here. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or she has a right not to post a picture of him if she until she's ready. It's just 
that simple. Everybody, okay, everybody has a right to whatever they want to do. But I'm saying, is it wrong or is it right? So if this is the case, let's add a little bit of jumbo in the pepper soup. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what, what if, what if it is the married couple? Does that change the game? Mm. That's a tricky one. Extra jumbo. On that. <laughs> of course it does. Uh, I can answer that. If we are married, okay, I'm going to a restaurant. I'm hanging out with my friends. Where are you? You should be in those pictures that I'm posting. Either if the boyfriend and girlfriend is the same thing, where are you? When you have boyfriend no, and girlfriend no, 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 all the time, it's different. Even if you are to turn to the table and you tell me it was the guy that's doing it and not posting pictures, I'm still not going to change my position. It feels like he is not secure about this relationship yet and does not want to blast the pictures all over the planet and let people watch. It's his choice. And you as a woman, if you feel that you are insecure being in that relationship, then you should take a hitchhike. So he's taking a hitchhike. He's saying that he should. He should take a hitchhike. He should take a so, hitchhike. But, but, so, but then if you're married, then you have to do it. Is that what you guys if you're, if, you're, if I'm married, If I'm married and I have a man that I feel like it's okay for us to post our pictures, which I don't like to post pictures on Facebook anyway, but if it if it is something that I'm going to do, then I'm going to obviously post your pictures. If I if you don't if I keep posting pictures and you keep taking them down and you don't want me to post your pictures, hell, dude, you maybe look seeing someone else and you probably <laughs> lie to some other woman that I'm not that you're Track, not married. Put a tracker on it. No, I'm not going to put a trap on you. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that one because it depends. If you okay. if you're like always out there like posting maybe everything about your life except maybe that that. Like, right, that side of your life. Significant order. Yeah. Right. Then, interesting. If it's maybe you you never post anything about your family, your kids, your husband, then that's a different thing to me. So you you coming on the side of me and Ida eating the soup with us? <laughs> no, I'm in the middle. <laughs> you can, there's no middle of a pepper soup. You oppose or propose? You have pepper soup or you're having water soup? <laughs> you know, you know me. I'm with the extra jumbo. This question. Once we put it like to Ida as her best friend was in that situation, if it was you, your best friend in the situation, you might say, you know what, your husband, let's say he's married because that's the part that Jay is not accepting. You might say, you know what, your husband posts pictures of him at vacations, your husband posts pictures of him every day. I'm not talking about the person that doesn't post about their life. Like there are people that don't post anything, right? But if your husband is constantly posting about everything about his life, for some reason, you're the only picture that is not showing up in this picture. There's a problem. It may be because the wife is too pretty and he doesn't want any other person out there looking at this wife. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like still that. insecurity. That's still jealousy. That's still insecurity. No, it's not. It's not. No, he, he just doesn't want everybody else looking at the wife because there's all these people on Facebook. The wife is going to be seen either way, pretty or not. She's going to be seen quite going outside. And other women not going to look at the man? That's up mm -hmm. to the man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Play so, silly. if you're watching right now, which side are you are you on? Are you on my side and Ida? Or are you on Dr. J's side? Ole's side is too technical for me to, to figure it out. She in the middle. She just drinking water at this point. <laughs> She's done with I'm her in the middle. <laughs> you're certainly in the middle. So would you, the question is, 
would you actually fuss and be upset with your spouse if they're not posting your pictures, especially if they live their whole life on Facebook? Because there are some people that live their whole life on social media. If they don't, we're not talking about it. If they do, would you have an issue with it? Dr. J say no. Ole say technicality is the issue. So <laughs> comment below and tell us what well, you would do. Well, mine doesn't, mine doesn't even have any social media. Please. Let's move on to the next hot soup of the day. And okay. that is this woman's metrics that is on YouTube and it has millions of hits that this guy claims that every woman is crazy. And hear me out, hear me out. He has a valid point, I think, right? He has this metrics and he say, every woman is at least between four and 10 in terms of craziness. Four to zero is a transvestite. It's not possible. No hmm. woman is below four. Everyone has some craziness. He said that, and he also said, if you meet someone that's a four, that's a unicorn. So you need to marry that woman. Now, okay. if it's five, six. So is this like a test? Like no, she... th no, he's ex this is his dating. This is him explaining to men how they should look for someone to date and what category should they have them as they date them. So if you're four, you're a unicorn, you're marriage material. So the guy has to really put you on that in that box. If you're five, six, he may work with you. Eight, nine, those are usually the strippers and they're really crazy, right? Right? And then the 10 is probably has all kinds of craziness, right? This, you got just it. Straight, straight craziness. Side, you, side you, okay. you stay away from that. Let's start with Ole. Please, Ole, don't get technical. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what I want to understand is like, how did, she, how did he come up with this? Like, did he do some, some type of uh, experiment and I'm, I'm just agreeing with Ole. Like, what system analysis did he use? Was there a questionnaire involved? Uh, what scientific factors <laughs> yeah, like, have? It's just a man he, that's trying to like label me? us women, and we're sitting here agreeing with the fact that a man that's probably crazy as hell himself is trying to label <laughs> us, to diagnose us based on numbers. Okay, so you're saying women and all women are not crazy. That's what you're saying. Are you asking me? Yes, you just got technical, just like your sister, uh, Ole. I'm, I'm saying I'm not even buying his metrics because of some crazy guy that sat somewhere and came up with the analogy of his own concept of why, how we are supposed to behave to fit the category of marriage material. That's bullshit. If you're, if you're listening and you're a guy, please comment below. Do all women have some level of craziness? I, I, I think all women have a little bit of crazy. Hallelujah. We, we all have a little bit of crazy. Jay, Jay is rolling her eyes. I see you. And okay, she's fine. the most she's the craziest one too. <laughs> exactly. So some of us women have a little bit of crazy. The point is, it depends on what sets it off. Sometimes it is you know, the little bit of crazy could be, you know, fun crazy. The little bit of fun could be cuckoo crazy. It <laughs> depends on what sets it up. And most of the time, every woman who is completely nuts has been made completely nuts by a man. Let's just oh. agree on that. So you agree, but you just blame it on the person that made the metrics. Yeah, him, him the yeah. root cause of the, of the problem. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his metrics has drove a lot of women. So I said, so it takes two to tango. Listen, Linda, if we are crazy and he diagnoses us, it takes crazy to know crazy, okay? So he must be crazier than the crazy women that he thinks they are crazy. So Duca, you should reach out to this man and I'd definitely love to have a debate with him. Well, let's see if we can try to bring him on the show. He might convince you. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. 
initially I was like, what is he talking about? But when I watched it and listened to it over and over, and then I read the comments on YouTube, I was like, he's kind of right. Because you know what? Sometimes it depends how we get moody. A little thing can set us off and it had nothing to do with that little thing, but because maybe our hormones, Dr. J, you should be able to agree with this, maybe. Like even when we are in our cycle, right? Sometimes you go off on everything or to a guy and then later on, I used to do this a lot. I don't do it anymore since I started practicing. I used to do this a lot, but since I started practicing feminine energy, mm-hmm. feminine oh, energy. I figured out a way to not <laughs> listen, 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 Ida. Sometimes, and if you're watching, please let's be honest with each other. This is the sister show. We could be honest with each other, okay? Sometimes if you get into it with your spouse, it could be something little. Mm-hmm. And you take it to the whole nine year. You paint a picture that's not even there. You go from here to Vilkama for no reason, and then you came back. And then if you mm. check back in yourself, you're like, wait, what just happened? Does this <laughs> that happen? was so unnecessary. Okay, before Juka, I used to think maybe she's not really crazy. But I think the guy was actually talking to you and Ida because you are definitely crazy. I have never had this problem in my life where I went from here to Gambia and came back in a conversation. Never. Like, okay, you are okay. actually so crazy. Jay, Confirmed. Jay. You are definitely crazy. Yeah, so, you know how he said there's a unicorn? Let's just say in this family, Jay is the unicorn. No, oh, hell no. <laughs> Jay is like on eight. But the fact that the, the education and the background of being a doctor and like being a hardworking person, that's what kind of sets stuff, you know, a little bit off. But if it wasn't for that, she'll be up there with the strippers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to have, Jay, I'm going to have your back on this one. You are a unicorn. You are truly a unicorn. So my my pick is that all of us are crazy, both men and women. There, there was some study that was done, and I know I'm just taking this to another level. So you yeah, call me, you can call me like the analysis and technical or whatever. But there was <laughs> there was a study that was done to find out like how people like how human beings can sometimes behave in such a situation. It uh, revealed that depending on what tick off a person or what situation a person is, that some people can actually kill and that's not really like their natural tendency. Oh yeah, Ole, you crazy. You definitely crazy. <laughs> but, but it depends on it depends on their state of mind. So generally people are crazy. Where would you put me in the category of crazy in that metrics between four and, and, and ten? I mean I've already acknowledged I'm at least a four. Tell me. Ole you said seven point five. Seven point five? Ole, you mean. Okay. <laughs> You're probably a 10, but with feminine energy, I think you're now like 7.5. She came down to a 7.5. No, I no, I think I've I've came down to a four. Really? Come on. No, I really that's, have. Th- that's a big drop. No, I, I did a big dip. That's why I've been trying to help them. Jay, what about Jay Ole? What would you say, Jay? Where's Jay? <laughs> Dr. Jay is a is a is a unicorn. He's, he's, she's a four. I would say Jay is like a um, 6.5. So Jay is below me? Oh, Ole, you funny, you fake, you funny. So where would you guys rate Ole? Ole Ole is probably like a a 5 maybe. A 4. No, Ole is a 4. I don't believe in the rating system, but because of the show that you guys making me, Ole is a 4. Okay. Ole is a four, but she could jump to a ten. So let's be honest on that. 
All right, she oh. agreed. Okay, you see, I keep it real. What about Amy? Amy's at 11. She <laughs> 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 doesn't exist in the rating system. Oh. Anna, what will you rate yourself? I wish I knew I more. I raise a seven. Maybe I'll text my cousin. I was getting there. I, I, no. I was going to say I'm a seven, but I can get to 15 if I need to be. <laughs> but I'm a seven. What would Dr. Mams be? A, Mams is a four. Yeah, she's Mom's a unicorn. I think so. Mom's is a, I think Mom, Dr. Mams is a solid four. So Amy yeah. is the 11. Ida can sometimes mm, most I'm likely a seven who can get to 15. <laughs> okay, I need so, to activate you, Yuka. Okay, tell me what. <laughs> you are 12, and then once you did the feminine energy, you became a 10. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is my rationale. Okay, this is my rationale. If she's going to leave here and go all the way to Africa and back in a flight and then she's done and she's like, I don't know why the heck I was doing all this, she's definitely at 12. Because of feminine energy, she may just get to the airport and come back. So that's why she's there. <laughs> so, so actually, I'm going to rate her again. I think you guys probably at two. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Really? Ole, Ole, so I'm a transvestite, Ole. <laughs> Ole, you are so wrong for that. So, so wrong. <laughs> so okay, so. Okay. Feminine energy? Yeah, she's a two. <laughs> so, 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 no, but a four, a two doesn't exist. No, she no, said you're a transvestite. You know, four, one, four, she's zero. I hate, I don't like you anymore, Ole. Okay, whatever. I want to hear your friends. Can you rate few of your friends? I promise we will make we will make sure they don't watch this show. Rate our cousin and rate. <laughs> See, our our cousin is right there too with a seven, and she can go to a fifteen and back. No, she, <laughs> she goes to twenty. And, uh, you see, and she's constantly on the upper end. She is. She really is. You know, the excuse is she's a season, so we have a little bit of cuckoo in us. So I uh, guess yeah. she's kind okay. of excused. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Great, she's great. kind of excused. So then we will all agree, I think, if, because we were very honest, and I appreciate you guys' honesty, that we all, the guy is right. The first one that I don't okay. in the test. Okay, let me say this. This is a caveat. I saw it on the post. It said, the women that disagree with this the most, they actually attend. So Jay, <laughs> <laughs> you just made up that shit. <laughs> I sure did make it up. I hope you all enjoyed the hot soup of the day that we brought. And if you come across any hot soups, like we said, please feel free to share it with us. You can send it to our inbox and we will certainly talk it out and salvate in it, just like we did, right? And we just want to take the time to thank our cousin here our amazing woman and, and sister, mother, right? Ida, for being here and an advocate actually also uh, to actually help and bring more breast cancer awareness around the world and particularly in Africa. So thank you so much, Ida. Thank you, beautiful ladies for having me. It is truly an honor and I'm extremely happy to be here and super excited to call you guys my fabulous cousins. Um, so it has been such a fun show. I enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you, and keep keep rocking. Thank you, Ida. Thank so you. Honored. To all of our viewers, just a reminder again to share your videos for the Mentor on the Spot. We are still taking applicants, so if you want to be mentored by one of the sisters, please send us your videos. Yeah, absolutely. And tag the sister show and also hashtag 
mentor on the spot and hashtag the sister show and hopefully we will pick one of you all so hurry up because this is going to be closing very soon this was a lovely show thank you so much Ida thank, thank you, you so much Ida. Dr. J for all the information right and thank you Ole and we miss Amy and certainly we miss Dr. Mams and hopefully you all miss them too and they'll be back here on another episode of the sister show don't forget our show comes on every saturday right here on facebook live and it's also at 8 p.m uh gmt time and 4 p.m eastern time don't forget we will see you next time thank you guys so much bye. thank you bye. 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 Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay connected. Jerusalem, Oh, yeah, me. I